Hi, if I could take a moment of your time before we start, if you've enjoyed previous episodes or if you enjoy this episode, if you could subscribe on the platform that you listen to, that would be really helpful. It helps us get more guests and push the podcast forward. Thanks. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Car Chat Podcast. I'm Sam Moores. And with me today, I have Chris Ingram. Hello. Hi, Sam. How are you doing? Very good, very good. Welcome, welcome to the podcast. Can you tell the audience a little bit about sort of who you are and what you do? Yeah, so uh, my name's Chris Ingram. Um, three years ago, I became the first British driver in 52 years to become FIA European <laughs> champion in rallying. Uh, nice. And now I'm competing in the World Rally Championship in WRC2, chasing my dream to be world champion. Yeah, I mean, uh, that looks mental um how did how did you how did you get into this how did this all start off um so my dad talked to me my dad used to compete when he was my age Um, Mm -hmm. and he competed on road rallies which were really popular back then at night time um and he was a very talented quick driver won lots of events and championships but he never really took it seriously enough and pursued it as a career luckily he um went into business and he did he did really well for himself and managed to get back into rallying when I was a, a young kid. Um, nice. He bought an X McRae Focus WRC. Oh, sweet. Um, an X Solberg Subaru S11 WRC. And he, he was really quick. He, he won um, the national championship, uh, the national open championship, which is what it basically was in 2008. Yeah. Um, when I was about 12 and uh, yeah he took me to watch a rally when I was about eight and I just fell in love with the sport then from following him compete I just you know it was just obsession I, I, I was just the biggest rally fan ever and 
I, I wouldn't miss any rally. Either I was watching yeah. my dad or we were going to watch other rallies and every weekend I was out with my video camera filming and oh, nice. I just was just in love with the sport and always dreamed one day to get the chance to drive, which I was very lucky that my dad gave me the chance when I was uh, when I was 15 okay. um, in a Citroen C1 in the Junior Rally Championship. Uh, but at the same time, it was the recession. And uh, unfortunately, my dad uh, went through a really tough time. Uh, as a family, as a family, we lost everything really and mm. had to sell our house. And obviously, he had to sure. sell his rally cars. And yeah, it was a tough time. But luckily, he got me into the sport and he gave me the, the passion. And I've just chased yeah. my dream ever since. With the, I mean, how do you even start out? You're like, okay, here's a car. You're 15, so like, you've not been driving on the road, or not meant to have been driving on the road. How do you? How does that work? You obviously don't just get in a car. There's a rally stage. You've never changed, like, used a clutch before. Off you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that was literally what happened as well. My dad, because I was used to driving quad bikes and buggies and okay. and carts for fun. Um, I didn't even know what the clutch did when I first got in a car. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we there's a junior championship for kids age 14 to 17, and there's rallies on private land like airfields, uh, even some race circuits have, have small yeah. single venue rallies, they're called. So that was how the junior championship began on venues such as that, such as those. And yeah, I was very, it's just so lucky that my dad gave me the chance to start off at that that those you know grassroots level in the sport yeah 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 picking up the skills a C1 I feel like a C1 is probably quite an interesting car to rally it's not exactly got the longest wheelbase or anything yeah yeah well they were all you know bog standard one liters but as a 15 year old yeah. kid that was like my world rally car oh for sure yeah yeah great memories were there lots of like were you working on the car and then trying to set it up differently and whatnot yeah, to we, get it to yeah, drive better? Exactly, because my dad and I ran the car ourselves and even though neither of, the, of us are mechanics, we we, we learned a lot together um, and yeah. you know went to compete against 20 other dads and lads and it was a really competitive <laughs> championship. And yeah, we would make little modifications to the suspension or the airbox, and it was really good fun. It's amazing how, when I look back to then, how things have changed. Yeah, 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 yeah. And was your dad being a co-driver for you, or was it just a driver in the car for those things? No, I, I had um, you, you, your family weren't allowed to co-drive for you because of okay. safety. Um had a, a mate safety yeah i think you know if there was an accident they wouldn't want both of you yeah, yeah. both of you in the car um i had a mate co-driving for me and my dad shouting at me because i you know scratched it or ripped a bumper off in the, yeah, yeah when yeah, we came yeah. back into the, the service park after oh, that's, and then so you did the c1 and then where did it go from there yeah, so then I got my road driving license about right. a week after I passed my, my test, after my 17th, <laughs> uh, a week after my 17th birthday. Yeah. Um, and we got a Renault Twingo R2, 
which was actually quite a a big step from a the mm. little one liter. That was a one point six uh, R two car, which at the same time Elfin Evans, who's current world WRC one competitor, was competing in the same class. Yeah. Um, and I basically just rolled that car into a ball <laughs> multiple different occasions and because it was such a little a still a small car but with a I think it had 220 horsepower okay yeah um and you know a sequential gearbox so it was a pretty nippy car yeah but just so difficult to keep in a straight line because it is <laughs> so small um so I learned a lot driving that and it was actually a yeah a great school to start in such a difficult car to drive. Um, and then I entered the Circuit of Ireland Rally, which was in the European Championship, and I had a huge crash whilst leading. Uh, and I was also seventh overall at the time amongst the, the four-wheel drive car. Yeah. Um, but I destroyed the car, and I thought, you know, that's it. We've completely ran out of money Yeah. Um, between my... I was working in my mum's coffee shop at the time and mm. yeah, my, my dad was still helping me a little bit then uh, where he could, but I destroyed the car and we'd ran out of money and I thought that was it. That was the end. I'm going to have to go and do something else. Yeah. Um, but luckily I'd shown so much potential on that one rally. That, Rolling it. <laughs> <laughs> well, before the roll, yeah. before the roll, that uh, Peugeot, the the boss of Peugeot Sport at the time had, had noticed me uh, competing against his his young factory drivers, and mm. Peugeot Sport and Peugeot UK came together to to uh, support me. Fully funded program for two years in the European awesome. Junior Championship, which was an amazing break at a critical time. Was that? That sounds like quite a rare thing to happen. Is that is that quite rare for to get fully funded by just a team? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Extremely rare in this day and age. Um, I think I was the first. Yeah, the first driver since since Burns to get a a fully funded drive at that time yeah. because it was before before Elfin Evans got his drive in WRC. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that was when I thought right. This is get you know this gets serious now. I was only nineteen, but working with a proper manufacturer and you know marketing yeah. people, it was a massive, um, massive, massive learning curve. Yeah. Did it? So from that point beforehand, you were trying to find all the funds and put all that together, which presumably has still stuck with you throughout. It's like an I imagine, like, sounds like most motorsport funding is the biggest problem. Yeah. The, like, the biggest headache. You've obviously got to be quick and all that. Um, how did that change? Was that quite nice and, like, give you a lot of space to go from, I'm not really sure how we're going to make this work, to, well, at least, and you know, you've got two years. Yeah, I think it was, um, it was a blessing and a curse because then... After the two years with Peugeot, I managed to impress yeah. Opel, the mm -hmm. German factory team. Uh, so I moved to Opel, who were leading. You know, they had a better car at the time and yeah. a better opportunity, and that was fully funded again. Another rare opportunity with two yeah. German teammates. 
just right you know right place right time again i won the won the championship with those guys but then i was back into you know no man's land where right yeah. i've won the junior all the junior championships but there's no next step mm. um and the next step was to win the european championship overall but there was no factory team supporting drivers at that time right um and opal or peugeot didn't have a car suitable so there was nowhere yeah. for me to really go luckily i managed to raise a good amount of sponsorship and teamed up with a private team and in the second year won the european championship overall with them with talk sport but then nice. it was a constant struggle to find the funding because there was mm. no manufacturer support. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, what have you learned throughout the time about getting sponsorship? Is there, have you found, like, there's a better way than others? Like, it, I imagine this has all changed significantly in the last, like, 10 years with social media and stuff like that. I'm still trying to work that out. <laughs> but, yeah, that's always been my, my greatest challenge. Um, coming to the end of the year, you know, this time of year, every year has been a fight of how can I keep going and how can I yeah. take the next step. Does that affect you during the season? It did during, yeah, it did during the European Championship because I knew at that time I was actually getting into debt to just keep mm. rallying. Um, and any crash would have certainly been the end of my career. Yeah. So that, it was massive pressure, massive stress, and very difficult to to deal with as well as try and perform at your best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've I've seen that a bit in I've done a tiny bit of circuit racing, and I know if I'm against, I've had a situation where I'm paying for my car, and there's might be someone's son or something, yeah, who, where they're getting paid for, so they're not if they crash, they're not paying the bill, it gets paid. And there is a, you do notice a difference in how some people drive because they just don't care. Mm. Like eventually, I think I'm sure it will come back around eventually. But there was a realm of drivers that were going, yeah, but I really don't want to pay that bill. <laughs> that you know, That's exactly where I am in WRC2. Um, I've been first privateer all year, but some of the guys I've been, you know, one-to-one -one with, some of my rivals, I'd say, yeah. They can afford to just crash and it won't affect them at all. Yeah, They've yeah, destroyed yeah. so many cars in their careers. But for me, that's just not an option. Um, but that then again, that there's a strength to that because I've learned how to not be very <laughs> consistent. And yeah, I've learned how to keep the car on the road and a driving style which is fast and safe. Yeah. How does that... How, what does that sort of look like? Because I don't really know. I've seen super flamboyant and then I guess less flamboyant, but it generally, I've only watched a tiny bit of rallying and it looks quicker to be somewhere in the middle, I guess. Yeah. Is that sort of case? Yeah, exactly. Um, um, you know, Colin McRae's driving style just wouldn't be, it would be too ragged for this for these modern cars. Yeah, uh, too, far too aggressive. So, yeah, there's, there's definitely you've got to be a lot more smooth. And some of these rallies are so tough. 
the roads are so rough that there's only so much the cars will take as well. Yeah. So a clean, okay. a cleaner style is always the way. I mean, look at Loeb. You know, yeah. Smoothest, arguably the best driver ever. And how do you, like, how are the, the different cars that you've driven and this driving style? If you had to, had to adapt your sort of driving style to each car and how has that changed since you've been driving different cars? Um, obviously, two-wheel drive to four-wheel drive is a big difference, but I think if you can drive a front-wheel drive car well, four-wheel drive's easy. Right. Uh, you know, my first rally in a four-wheel drive car, I, I was wet, I was straight on the pace. Yeah. Um, some of these, you know, the young drivers in the junior categories don't get the credit they deserve because the cars are much more difficult to drive and they've really got to ring, ring, ring the neck of them. What makes what makes it harder driving two wheel drive? Like, do you get some leeway with four, or yeah, where do you suffer? Yeah, whereas in a front wheel drive car, you you've got to be so precise, and if you get out of line, it's very difficult to to keep the car on the road. Whereas these four wheel drive cars are set up where you know if you if you're out of line, you just boot the throttle and. <laughs> it'll pull you out. Of, it'll pull you out of the corner ninety nine percent of the time. Yeah. Okay. But yeah. just extracting that that final one percent in speed at WRC level from from technique and nailing every single corner in in a whole you know thirty kilometer stage is is an art. Yeah. And and do you is it possible to sort of learn the stages to some extent or not this the rallies are so long but then again the guys that have been there for you know there's guys there that have been there for 10 15 years and mm. i think they're learning the stages for me it's only my my second year so i've not managed to really learn them yet but luckily my pace notes are very good and that's one of my strengths how do you go about making those like what's the, what's the sort of process and, and down to what level of detail do you kind of go? It's just experience. And when I was, when I was younger in, in my junior years, I was putting way too much information in to try and make them very precise, but actually okay. you need to strip them out and make them simple and easy to listen to and easier to get into a flow state with. Yeah. But also keeping a level of precision it's yeah. it's a yeah it's, there's a there's a difficult balance but I think um, yeah that's one of my my strengths and that's why I'm able to go so well even though I've only just reached WRC in, you know in WRC yeah. two now um, I'm I'm a newcomer really but I'm I'm on the pace yeah 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 what are the some of the do you have sort of unique things that you put in your pace notes that your co-driver says that other people don't i think everyone has certain words and you know caught different ways to caution a corner or describe a corner but mostly i'd say it's fairly similar language yeah and what's the i'm trying to think what people sort of say like hairpin what left I, or, how do you sort of describe yeah. a, a corner like a you know a hairpin is it i guess it's called a hairpin and all that sort of malarkey yeah so I described the corners uh, one to ten, 
So a nine right. left is a 90 degree left. Anything more okay. than a 10, a 100 degree left is a hairpin. So one oh, is fastest. Okay. Uh, you know, one, two, three is most of the time flat out. Um, and then you've got your medium corners, four, five, six. And it's slightly tightened, seven, eight, nine to 90 degrees. Uh, yeah. And then you have the length of the corner. Sometimes you'll, if it's a very long corner, we'll measure that whole distance. So it could be five left over 100 meters. Okay. Um, and then you've obviously got crests, jumps, bumps, tightening corners, <laughs> corners which open. Um, then also sometimes a pace for each each corner, each angle. So okay, it could be a quite a you know a tight corner with the angle. It could be a ninety degrees left, but it could be quite open. So it could be a fast nine left if you can carry right. a bit more speed. <laughs> Um, there's so much really you need to fit in, but like I said before, also keeping it simple because it can easily overwhelm you. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Have you had any big moments where something's being called and then you're like, oh, shit. <laughs> Funnily enough, <laughs> my last rally. Um, what happened? Greece in September. I, um, I don't actually know because the audio wasn't working on the camera, but yeah. I thought... It was a it was a fast left which tightened to yeah. a, quite a tight left, um, but I didn't hear or I got confused about the tightens, and I basically thought it was a, a max left. <laughs> the trees look the tree line looks like you're going straight on, but that was actually yeah. a massive drop. Um, <gasps> oh. So I realised at the last moment and you know handbraked it to try and make it round, yeah. but I was carrying way too much speed and. We rolled about seven or eight times down the ravine. So that that was what the is... first mis- first time I've got confused in seven seven eight years. I've I've never yeah. lost control of a car and crashed. It's always been confusion on a pace note. Yeah, which is quite interesting. What went through your brain when you're going like flat through that, and then suddenly you're like, oh, well. <laughs> I had no idea the drop was going to be that big. So I thought maybe we're just going to roll once into a ditch. But, you know, it just kept going and going and going. And um, I knew we were safe because the roll cages are so strong. Yeah. Uh, But it was just a bit frustrating. (laughs) The first thing you think is we're out the rally and you don't think, oh, we're alive. You think, oh, how are we going to continue in the rally? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the adrenaline is you just in the zone do you have a bit of like when you come to a stop in a situation like that is I, I know that this happened to me is in between coming off at a corner and going okay I'm going to hit that wall I'm going to hit that wall quite hard and then you're like I'm not going to die and then you're like this is going to be expensive and then you hit the wall <laughs> usually it happens a lot quicker than that for me yeah <laughs> yeah yeah it's weird because rolling a car always feels like slow motion as soon as it rolls it's literally like the world slows down um but yeah that's you just just so in the zone that it's not it's not scary yeah it's It's amazing that it's over yeah 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 so and i guess 
So then, presuming you feel really safe in the car. Yeah, very. Like it's like a PlayStation. Which, <laughs> you know, it's, it is mad, really, because the speeds were going and the trees and you, you know, trees yeah. don't move. But you just don't, you just don't think about that. You, you just flat out. It's, you couldn't do it if you didn't have that mindset. Yeah. And and. Do you remember a point where you sort of built up to go up to being like, no, I'm just, you forget about it all. Were you sort of forget about it all from very early on in your driving? Yeah, I, I had no fear when I started. <laughs> that was, luckily I had no fear. Then I had, I had a massive crash uh, seven years ago, the, the last crash I had before this one. Mm. And that actually scared me because my helmet came off. Oh, shit. Um, and I really, I was very lucky not to, break my neck yeah um i got badly i think the main thing was the concussion was so bad mm. it actually quite scared me um just to have an like a, an impact on my head again yeah so i didn't I, you know i didn't crash for seven years which was like a record until that's, this that's time good but i think this one has actually got rid of that fear because it was such right, a yeah, big yeah, crash yeah, yeah. and it didn't phase me at all so Maybe it's yeah. a blessing in disguise. <laughs> <laughs> Until the next time you sail off a ravine. <laughs> Won't happen again now. <laughs> what, in, in all these situations, you've got, you know, whatever, corners coming up, and are you driving, you're driving to the pace notes, so you know that, like, yeah, this is just, it's going to be what it's going to be. I'm fully committed. And then, presumably, each corner you're adapting that picture a little bit as soon as you can see a bit more yeah that that's a good way to put it. you know you're fully committed to what the co-driver says you've, you've got to be um so re- you know wrecking and making the pace notes we only get two runs for each stage right. in a road car you know doing 30 miles per hour when i <laughs> when i describe the road to my co-driver for him to write it down yeah in shorthand so, you know, from two passes alone, it's impossible to remember the corners. Yeah. But I've got to trust that the notes I made during the wreck year, bang on. Sometimes I've, I've, I've done a rally in football car. This is way, I'm going way faster in the rally car now than what I anticipated. Yeah. So sometimes you've got to rein it in maybe a couple of percent. Because, mm. um, you know, on, on tarmac especially, it's just so fast. It's quite hard, hard to predict. Yeah. That, it's just all experience and, and seat time. and but Luckily, I've got a, a, a good amount of experience now, but I'm just not, I've not been getting the seat time. And that's my next goal is to try and raise a bit more funding so I can actually practice because I've been going up doing these world rallies in these extreme locations with only one day of practice against yeah. the best drives in the world. And you know, still, still been able to compete with them, but to win a championship, you've got to have a bit more than that, than that one yeah. day of practice. What's the what's available to you in terms of practice? Because it's not like you can just run the course. Yeah, it's you know, it's expensive to rent a car. It's it just all comes down to funding. You know, there's there's no substitute, and I don't you know simulators for racing might be very helpful because you can learn the track and the cars are yeah. dialed in for, for that but 
in rallying, there's not really anything that's come close yet. Yeah. Do, do some of the games, what did I play recently? WRC8 or Rally something or other, yeah. or whatever. Um, presumably some of them have, for particularly, I don't know, famous ones, most of the stages. I think most of them are made up. Uh, okay. Uh, that would be a you know, hell of an advantage to have a full stage on a game. I'd be on it yeah, all day yeah, yeah. If, if they did that, but <laughs> I think they're just so long and hard to replicate that most of them are yeah made up. Yeah, and when you're doing the recce, do you are you do people? Do some people, if they live in the region, go other time of year, go check it out, or do you not know what the stages are going to be? Sometimes. Yeah, I think that's um, that's a controversial topic, <laughs> I th- and I, I think a lot of guys do. Yeah, you know, go a few months earlier or whatever. Um, there's just, yeah, it's hard. It's just hard to say, and I don't think they do anything about it to try and stop people from doing that either, really. But obviously, the locals will do it all the time. Yeah, just on the way to the office or yeah, whatever. Yeah. And they're like, oh, I'll just do this. And stage. the public roads, so there's nothing they can they can really do. Yeah, yeah, I guess. And when you're doing your your two reckies. Are you allowed to stop and get out and stuff like that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you've, you've got two days to do two passes okay. uh, of every stage. So you can pretty much do what you want. You know, if you need to check out the inside of a corner for a cut or something like that, you can get out and have a look. Yeah. I've seen it on some of the, the tarmac rallies where you've got these gutters down the side of the road. Yeah. It looks like people whack, their, whack some inside tyres in there. And then use that. Yeah, Is that yeah. like a common sort of technique. You just yeah, any any cut that you can get away with that's not too much, you know, not too risky to damage the tire, get a puncher, you 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 go in for it. And do those things like that? Do they actually sort of like hook you around a little bit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a rally in Belgium in, uh, called the Ypres Rally. Mm-hmm. And you, but you, even though it's a tarmac rally, you, you're you're in the fields half the time, <laughs> trying to find cuts, trying to make the corner shorter, and find an advantage. And and in a in a rally car, is the sort of racing line the what would possibly could be considered a racing line if it was more of a tarmac, or how does that change? I guess is it different on different surfaces? It's fairly similar to racing, but obviously the, the roads are so so narrow. Mm. Um, you've got there's a few rounds in the calendar where you'll they'll use more open roads like Spain or yeah. some stages in Monte Carlo, but generally the the roads are quite narrow and yeah, it's not. It's not yeah, nowhere to go. Yeah, you, there's only one line. Everyone's on yeah. the same line, um, and. You know, luckily the best you know the world champion starts first and he makes the best line anyway <laughs> yeah, so, yeah yeah that's um you don't have to think about that as much as circuit racing it's a bit more natural yeah 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 is there and is there any translation into the sort of sim world for practice or or is it not that great um te- just driving technique you know Mm. Braking properly once, bleeding off the brakes, um, turning in and on the throttle once. So practicing technique 
works really well on the on the sims yeah that's the main thing for me uh the circuit drivers can obviously learn learn the braking points and yeah i don't know if the car really handles the same because you can't feel it and you can't feel the car rotate and yeah. the weight transfer um but it i'm sure i'm sure that with the technology it's starting to become amazingly realistic yeah i noticed i can't remember what i was playing it was some sort of rally cross game recently and i like tried a few different cars and you could really feel the difference between the ultra modern rallycross car and the older stuff. And the main thing I felt like you could feel was the diff. Right. Yeah. Like you could, if you put more lock on, it turned more. Like, yeah. Whereas like the older stuff, like mm, you're in for what you're in for. Um, is that something that's changed a lot in the different in the different sort of classes of car? They have different levels of tech and stuff. Does that allow more diff- different styles of driving? Yeah, I mean, I've I've not had the chance to drive a, a WRC one car, yeah, and the new hybrid car, so it's hard to say. But you know, they've got hybrid boost and so much new technology. Um, surely it changes your driving style a, a little bit. Um, but f- for my car, for for Rally Two, setup is critical, and and to mm. to, to get your setup to suit your driving style is such a an art and something yeah. you can't just you can't just get in the car and and go and win around in wrc2 you've got to have the perfect setup to go with all your preparation yeah and i imagine unlike on a circuit like i get to a circuit and i'm like well it's tarmac <laughs> it's going in a circle and uh yeah it might rain a bit or whatever yeah the setup's going to be, my base setup's going to be pretty damn close, whereas the surface changes and stuff that you're dealing with is on a whole yeah, other level. Yeah. Even, you know, even from tarmac rally to tarmac rally, there's, there's such massive differences. Tarmac rallying and gravel rallying are like two different sports. Really? In terms of dri- uh, dri- you know, driving technique. On gravel, you you're flowing. It's like a dance. You're flowing from one corner to the next. Tarmac is brutal. The, you know how aggressive it is. How much grip you've got. Um, it's like you know Formula One for, yeah, the lanes. Um, but <laughs> gravel is, it feels, even though it's not, it feels more slow, and you've got a bit more time to react and place the car. Uh, a lot more weight transfer. Um, Whereas on tarmac, it's such fine margins. Yeah. But it, it just all, for me, the variety, just it's just the best sport in the world. I mean, it's it's pretty mega. Like I, I went to my first WRC event this year, which was Spain. Yeah. Um, so not too much sideways action, but still pretty flat out. Um, and... Yeah, have since sort of like looked a bit more into it and watched some stuff. And I was watching watching some of the videos. I think it was in your YouTube channel. Or it's, it's definitely associated. Um, and I saw Rally Portugal. Right. Looks like freaking crazy off-road whoops and stuff. Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you just can't compare it, can you? Spain's probably the most straightforward rally. Yeah. And the rally that's most like circuit racing. But then, you, you know, you go on gravel and 
the cars take so much abuse. You know, the, you're jumping twice the height of the car, landing, and it's, <laughs> you know, it's still intact. It's, what yeah. they can take is unbelievable. And even what we can take, you know, in, in Sardinia last year, it was 65 degrees inside the car at the end of the stages. Oh. And, we're, you know, we're trying to compute at that level nail every single corner perfect driving technique carrying the perfect amount of speed perfect braking point listening to all those notes for half an hour in that heat it's just yeah. so underrated and doesn't get the the publicity it deserves really at the moment well that's a, that's an interesting point because like it's super cool to watch but it's not really on tv that much it's not easy to watch anyway yeah um and do you think we'll see like things like Drive to Survive for Formula One? I think has been has been amazing for Formula One. I I watch Formula One, but I don't find it that interesting. Drive to Survive, yeah, a lot more people, whatever. It's it's brought a whole bunch more people into the sport. Do you think we might see something like that with rallying? Oh, that'd be uh, incredible. Like f- for me, I like you know I like Formula One. I just think rallying so much better. But the Netflix show does make it. Even better than it is. Yeah. Whereas rallying, I feel like it's the opposite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so something like that would be massive, and just to really explain the sport and to cover the stories. Yeah. Because there's so much need... more than than goes on during a rally than than just Ogier winning. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the top 10 WRC one cars. There's so much more going on, you know, down to uh, your your young 18 year old lad doing his debut in a Fiesta. And do you know what I mean? There's, there's so even Tuttle Porsches were competing a couple of years ago on Monte Carlo. Oh yeah. In the, was it RGT? Yeah, exactly. So there's, there's so much more than just what they focus on. The battle with the yeah. manufacturers. Yeah, and such a... It's one of the few things where you can see everyone's competing on the same stretch of tarmac on the same weekend, or at least, you know, the bunch of different classes. Whereas in racing, yeah, you might be able to get... You can't go to a track, but you don't get to see someone direct, direct comparison and at least, like, have a go at what they're doing as much. As in, uh, as in rallying, yeah. Totally, and- yeah. And, yeah, the F- Formula One, is, it's about the glamour, isn't it? Because it's yeah, so it's- big and it's so, there's you know, famous people and so much money involved. That's part of the attraction. It is, yeah. It's the circus yeah. around it and whatnot. But the rallying, it's the adventure. It's the places we go, the, the cultures you can experience, the you know, local heroes from each rally that you've got to beat. Um, You've got guys like me who I was living in a caravan earlier this year, putting all my money into Mm. doing WRC2, competing against Mickelson, who lives in Monaco, (laughs) multi-millionaire, flies around in his helicopter. You know, there's so much, there's so many stories and... 
Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's epic. What's a, like, what's an example of sort of costs for a season? And I know, and like, how does it work with a driver? I guess you get different deals depending on sort of who you are, but at the same time, like, what's a WRC two season cost for a team or something? It's like half a million, half a million pounds for, you know, for one for car. one car. Luckily, my team manager... Um, really believes in me and subsidizes me heavily. Yeah. Um, but you've got guys, you've got guys, there's, you know, there's a few Russian guys that they're probably spending over a million a year on WRC2 because they wow. want to practice every weekend as well. Okay. Um, and then for WRC1, if you had the money and you wanted to go straight there, it's probably three million a year. Right. But that's, yeah, that's yeah. never going to be an option for me I've got to win WRC2 and prove that I you know I deserve a, a seat and that I'm capable of becoming world champion yeah what are things that you're working on towards that goal what are like things you think you can do or obviously win everything but. yeah well so I've not been in a, a rally car for three months yeah, I won't be in one for another six weeks until we start preparing for Monte Carlo. Mm. Um, so my fitness is the biggest thing that keeps me focused and on track. Yeah, um, preparing for the rally with video, going through my old pace notes. Most okay, of my yeah. time is just trying to raise funding and trying to get people on board with my journey and try and get brand partners on board to benefit from the, the publicity Yeah, from WRC. Do, you, um, do any of the drivers do sort of vlogs? A few guys do, yeah. It, I think it would be, be very good for me to do. But I was always quite self-conscious about doing them in the past. Yeah, yeah. You know, I was, I was not going home to Monaco. I was going home and living on a friend's sofa <laughs> Yeah, the last few years have been really tough, but yeah, it's starting to pay off. Oh, well, I think people are in, like you're saying about you know what makes rallying interesting is the stories. Yeah. So you know it's it's okay. Some people might watch to see someone get on a jet, but like it's not actually that. At the end of the day, a jet's a jet. Mm. Like you see one, lots of people are going on them on social media. It's actually the stories, um, and I think. Like, okay, it's not drive to survive or whatever, but I think people would be interested to see a bit more of your day-to-day or a weekend. 
And I don't know, does WRC have pretty like television rights for things you can and can't do? Because Formula One were really bad for that for, the, for ages. They wouldn't let their drivers post anything, which was a stupid idea. Um, I can do what I want. Um, the, on, the only thing I can't do is publish action from the rally that yeah. sorry that's from their coverage i think okay so it's pretty so can you accessible can you have your own camera in the car yeah i do yeah yeah um so okay so you can publish that so you can get some i <laughs> i saw this clip now uh this is not you but this is someone just texted we were in a group chat uh this week of uh he was like check this out and it was some rallying so i thought let's uh let's have a little look and it's <laughs> This I don't know whether this will play very well, so we'll yeah. try. We'll try. I'll try and share it. Yeah, this this sideways jump. Yeah, yeah, it's like a full on mental sideways jump in a Evo. I think. Yeah, it just like, sends it. Is this is this a normal sort of a thing that people do? That's, yeah, that'll happen about a dozen times during a rally, easily. Something like really. Yeah. So for the people that are listening you need to see my drift into the tunnel bear in mind I've only seen this corner once a week before in the road car (laughs) (laughs) presumably this and this sort of thing happens a lot yeah like that was just in the car that felt like nothing yeah yeah, it was only until I got sent that clip I was like that was absolutely epic (laughs) um but yeah, it's amazing when you get sent clips like that because I, 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 you know, I forgot about that corner. Yeah. Um, what do you think of all of the um, like Jim Carner stuff? That's I was just going to say that that was the first go at that corner. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it'd take Ken Block about twelve goes to to do that because <laughs> you can see all of his skid marks and if you see these oh, documentaries, I- he's always hitting curbs and stuff. So I'm not convinced to be honest. <laughs> he he's uh yeah well he's a great I, showman I, I think he's 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 done incredibly well yeah, and, uh, yeah. did you watch the electric one yeah the recent yeah, one yeah I thought what did you think of that one um the cars in, incredible that what they're doing to these cars is just unbelievable now and that just blows my mind. Yeah, actually, imagine for you, actually, some of the... Because the bit that interested me on on that... It was the first video that I watched that I sort of stopped. Yeah. I got about two-thirds way through and was like, I'm done done with this. Whereas all the other ones, I think possibly because we're on version 12 or whatever, you've kind of seen it. Yeah. Um, But there was a few things that were car-specific that that car could do that you're like, I'm not sure other cars could do, like some of the rotation stuff, and then just the full, like the reverse entry, just fully, fully, yeah, fully yeah. smoking the tyres. The power for... in that clip, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I thought it would be a, a slightly interesting one to uh, to bring up. Yeah, I, I mean, he's just done so well out of his brand. So um, well. That's the key, isn't it? You've got to stand out. Um, and get yourself out there and I'm constantly trying to think of things I can do to raise my profile and yeah. stand out from the other guys in WRC and maybe yeah, maybe become more than a rally driver. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think doing some sort of videos is a good idea. And it doesn't have to be, you know, crazy. You just start out doing a bit of the real chatting, whatever, showing some stuff. Is I think it would go a long way because I think Ken Block is, a, is an incredible example of someone who loves rallying. He wants to do rallying, realised that he didn't financially, it wasn't going to work out for him or whatever, started a company, built that company up and now yeah. has come back and is doing rallying sponsored by like everyone and exactly. whatever. So yeah, like he can do whatever he wants now. Yeah, exactly. In, in whatever cars he wants, Builds the most mental stuff. Um, yeah, he's he's, uh, he, he's done well. Definitely. So with the with WRC now, so how many classes are there? Uh, there's WRC one, two, and three. Okay. Within WR, WRC two is the main class because there's mm-hmm. 50, 50 competitors usually on each event. Yeah, that's a lot. It's incredible. Yeah, and within that, there's juniors under thirty which I'm also in, and Masters over 50, which is quite cool. Um, Most of the guys are in the 30s. Yeah. So it's it's unbelievably competitive, and a lot of the guys are factory drivers. A lot of them have already been in WRC1, Mm. but there's just so few seats at the moment in Rally 1. Okay. um, That that's where... That's the big challenge at the moment. Yeah, because I guess you've got you've got this large amount of people, and there's literally not, only yeah, like ten. Said, there's, Sam, there's there's ten seats in Rally One, and and was it three teams? Six of them have, have earned it, and the other guys have paid paid the way. Yeah. So there's yeah, six. Yeah, yeah. There's six chances. The t- and you look yeah. at the name, the names of some of the people that you know, that are like coming back for a bit, and you're like, yeah, fair. I can see why they'll get a seat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, no. it's savage, but I still believe that you know, if I can prove I win WRC two, I'm still only 28 that I'll get a chance. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, with the with the brands and the cars, lots of these cars are sort of starting to disappear now. So whether it's like the Fiesta, the Fiesta doesn't exist anymore. And we've got the Puma as a replacement, but as a road car, that doesn't necessarily translate into what a rally car would be. But presumably the Puma is actually quite similar to what the Fiesta was like as a rally car. And God, know, it like, seems massive it, to me. It seems yeah. like... It- at one point all the rally cars were getting smaller but now it's like they're getting bigger again so yeah it's it's, it's weird how it changes and we just need more manufacturers back involved and yeah. I don't know if that's you know moving to hybrid and electric will will help that or where it's going to go um, because that yeah. I've heard recently that there's, there's even going to be U-turns on that and yeah it's it's an interesting one because I think well, definitely with hybrid, like I don't know. How do you feel about hybrid cars generally? I'm I'm what a fan. On? Yeah, I think I've driven a few, and certain certain ones I think are great, work quite well. Whether it's like your Prius, E Civic, E whatever that sort of type of stuff, um, but they are quite complicated. 
and I imagine as the race cars, they're bloody complicated as well. Um, and EVs for, for a road car point of view, not, not necessarily entertainment, are quite good at what they do. This sort of middle ground feels really complicated. Yeah. I know what you mean. It works well in rallying because you know, when they're in the city, the Rally One yeah. guys are in full electric mode and that's pretty yeah, amazing. Yeah. You, you know, they're not causing a, a scene. Uh, you know, if there's some little old lady that doesn't like the rally and going past <laughs> the house, then she they're not bothering her. But, you know, then on the stages, the fire-breathing monsters and yeah. even faster with with the hybrid electric boost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, the the power is just unbelievable that the electric and the electric motors are, are giving the cars. It's yeah, just massive torque from low down. Did you, is that a thing in the community where people complain around rally weekends that the rally cars are too loud? Most people absolutely love it and welcome the rally with open arms. Um, but you know, there's always going to be the odd person who's. Yeah. Who doesn't like it? But in especially in Europe, they absolutely love it everywhere I've been. Mm. Yeah. It's I didn't realise that you go to a rally weekend and you're driving around and you see rally cars just driving down the road going. Yeah. You don't see that anywhere else. <laughs> no, and like like you say, even on the road sections you've got people lining the road to to check yeah. out the car, so it's so unique. Are they quite good at? Has the crowd? Presuming the crowd control is significantly better than the insane footage from whenever thirty, forty years yeah, ago. Yeah, luckily, luckily it is. Yeah, there's, there's there's an instance every now and again that someone stood in a dangerous place, um, yeah. but most of the time it's yeah, it's so much safer. It's, it, I say it's it's a safe sport now, you know. Yeah. I feel safe in the car. As long as you behave and listen to the marshals, you'll be safe spectating. Yeah. Yeah, it does seem mad that you're allowed to get as close as you're allowed to get to the cars. Um, and then you see the odd, when I was there, like you see someone appearing where they shouldn't appear and then they get whistled at. Everyone's like, way, and then a car goes past them at like a hundred, and they're like, oh, "Okay." <laughs> How did you find that, Sam? You know, it was the, fir the, the first stage you went to watch. Oh, so the first, I, I was completely spoiled. So I went with Toyota, and so we like helied into the stage. Oh, I was like, "Well, this is pretty sick." Yeah. Um, and then we got out, and then the first stage, I was, I was actually recording a podcast with um, a guy called Chris yeah, Rawls. Yeah, I've, seen, I've listened to that one. Yeah. And uh, he's talking me through the stuff and he's like, right, okay, this car comes along and then it's whatever it is. This is like the countdown of cars kind of thing. And then this, and then, you know, someone comes past and you're like, oh yeah, that's pretty cool, cool, cool. And then someone crashed. Oh, right. Like like 10 minutes later, I was like, <laughs> oh, well, what happens now? We're, uh, we're in the middle of nowhere and... Well, that's it. Like, yeah, basically, that's, that's who, it. Who was so, it that crashed? You know, was it a Rally One know. or? It was. It was a. Yeah, it was a. Yeah, it was a Rally One car, and it yeah. was one of the Fords. I don't know who it was. Right. Okay. Um, Green Smith. Oh yeah, yeah. 
Um, maybe. Right. I think that was... Um, and then we... It was this sort of dilemma of... Because I was on a sort of press thing, and I think it's the way they do it for also if they've got execs or coming in, you watch like some rallying, but then you heli out and you go and have lunch. And then you watch a bit of rallying and then you hell you out and then have dinner and a coffee or whatever. And then you sort of come back in. But I was really keen and it just, it didn't work to get out there, you know, at night, in the morning, yeah. sunrise, bit of fog. You're definitely going spoiled. Because to... um, so... you know, on Rally GB, it was all about going at 4am and setting up a bit of yeah. a barbecue and getting... yeah completely soaked but the atmosphere <laughs> and the fog and yeah there's something special about it that's that's i want to go and watch some more rallies and i want to get like in it yeah i I've, i was if someone wants to take me in a heli oh, absolutely that is a sick way of getting around yeah same um, same but I, <laughs> if I'm not but I also want to get out there at night and in the morning for mainly for photos and experiencing it of like that time of day like just before the sun comes up and then the sun coming up is like, and motorsport, whether it's on a track, Le Mans, somewhere, anywhere, is such a mega time of day. It's so still. And then you get the... Totally agree. I think the best you'll ever get is um, Colder Torini, the first stage of Rally Monte Carlo okay. in the dark. And the everyone's one. got the fires going and... The snow up on the top of the stage, yeah. sheet ice on slick tires. Yeah, that, <laughs> what's that? What's that like? Driving such different surfaces. Oh, it's a, Monte Carlo is the best rally in the world because when else do you get to drive a full, you know, tarmac car with slicks? But you've got a couple of kilometres of ice in the middle of the stage. <laughs> it's still faster to do the stage on slicks, but you've got to just yeah. crawl through that section <laughs> that for me is just epic you know what a challenge yeah and like how do you have studs well you can but then you would lose on the tarm on the dry okay. tarmac so it's always a gamble on what's what to take do you want to be safe or do you want to be fast but with a lot of risk <laughs> so it's oh, that that is just the tactics involved and it's a daunting daunting moment when you have to choose your tyres knowing that there's a section of ice in one of the next stages but it's yeah and how do you deal there's no there's no, gone... there's no motorsport challenge like that for me yeah like how do you deal with that scenario because you're on the slicks and then there's snow and ice like you don't have the grip. So how, yeah, how does that work? You've literally, you know, you've got to, you've got to be drive perfectly on the dry and, and then just be so patient on the ice, but not, not, you know, not lose too much time. Just find the sweet spot, which is so, so difficult in those conditions. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I guess, so that, I guess at that point I've done a little bit of ice driving, but not on slicks. Um, it's. It must feel so slow, but then when you've done it, if you go too fast, you're still going really slowly, but you're like, yeah, this is still oh, too control. fast. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly. I'm just seeing your sim in the background. 
Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um, it's not the best Luke's podcast setup, setup right setup around, but, for rallying, but it's quite a good it's quite a good setup. It needs um, I've got a handbrake that I I'm trying to oh, I need to I need to machine some way to connect it correctly. But um, I was playing a bit yeah a bit of a rally again the other day, and just with a wheel, yeah, handbrake it just doesn't work. Like, yeah. I feel like there's, I'm sure there's some, there's some driving that could be improved, but it did feel like trying to press a button for a handbrake and then also turn. It was, uh, it's not. not no, not, not ideal. <laughs> you, you need to go on um, Dirt Rally 2 and mm. have a go on Monte Carlo. I will. With slicks. I will. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have a, have a go. How do you train for rallying? I don't really. <laughs> uh, okay, but w- from a fitness point of view, do you do any uh, stuff specific for cars fitness, or not? Really? I, I do a bit of everything. Um, just yeah, I, there's nothing specific. I, I do a lot of back training uh, and core, so I'm you know I'm strong and on the gravel. Yeah. More physical rallies. I'm you know I don't get a stiff back or neck or yeah shoulders. Uh, but mostly I just, um, I do a bit of everything and I'm probably, yeah, I'm, I'd say I'm, I'm, I'm the right size. Uh, some of the lads are so skinny, but I can't see how that's going to help you. You know, when, you, when yeah, you're going yeah, yeah. To, on these four day rallies, you, you need some strength in your muscles. Yeah. Yeah. I guess otherwise you're getting bounced around. Do, in, your, in the seats, do you have a fully molded insert? Or for your seat, yeah, we just kind of sit. Yeah, yeah, but it's it's still there's a lot of bouncing around. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I imagine that it's it's bad enough in a in a race car on a track, and I'm like, how, t- how can you tighten me down just a little bit more and a bit more and a bit more? Whereas I'm not going like, <laughs> like yeah, like the uh, Mercedes earlier this season bouncing on, yeah, on the straight yeah that is because that when they've we've had the situations like that in F1 or recently we've had some horrific stuff with sausage curbs yeah where people in formula cars have because they're basically bolted to the floor with no suspension and they go over these sausage curbs take off and then just it's like jumping out well into a seated position from the head height or whatever yeah yeah like just horrific for your spine I guess in a rally car you do have quite plush suspension but then you are sending it on quite another le- <laughs> a level yeah yeah you're right there we, we've got a bit there's a you know there's a bit of you know padding in the seats and stuff like that but I think it's the 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 length of the events yeah um being in you know the upright position steering for three or four days these guys in say if they're doing an hour's racing they can get a bit of physio afterwards and yeah it's quite a lot more of a relaxed race weekend i'd say yeah you know, obviously apart from you know 24-hour races but yeah the rally rally weekends are brutal it's just non-stop relentless short yeah. short sleep um in the car pretty much all day apart from an hour at service in 
in for lunch. It's and presumably as well, like with uh, what was I doing recently? Some it was someone invited me to go drive some R baths, and we were just doing like handbrake into a parking space and all that sort of just ripping that, handbrake. Was that a lot. Tesco's? Uh, (laughs) basically basically it was in a brand brand hatch car park and but that i learned quite quickly that you only needed quite small inputs you could do huge inputs but actually it was small inputs and then you know use your handbrake and weight of the car and whatever presumably driving style dictates then how much that takes out of you over hours and hours and hours and hours and hours. Yeah, exactly, Sam. Yeah, I always try to aim to have the smallest inputs as possible. It's also yeah. much smoother, but sometimes it's just not possible. You know, if <laughs> in like the soft gravel rallies where you've really got to manhandle the car through, and being smooth yeah. just isn't fast enough. Um, right. Depends. Yeah. And driving some of that, some of those, that, yeah, the Portugal stuff I saw, just like seriously deep ruts and cars bouncing around and all over the place. Do you, how do you manage that from a driving point of view? Like, are the cars, can you just sort of point it in and I get, yeah, point it in a direction and it gets there? Or is there a lot of fighting in the middle? There is, sometimes there is fighting, like you said, in deep ruts. Um, yeah, it really does depend, but like Portugal, Sardinia, they're so rough. Mm. If you're not careful, you could get spat out of a rut or you know, off the road so easily. Yeah. It can be quite physical. Mm. You've you've and gotta be the boss of the car and not not let it drive you. Yeah. Did you hurt your hand recently? Was that driving? So it's a funny story actually. So it was in my, my massive crash in Greece. We rolled seven times yeah. off a cliff. Um, it was actually getting out the car. I thought my... <laughs> okay. So my co-driver, I helped him get out. And yeah. I thought he was stood on the roof holding the door open. But he wasn't. So as I went to get up, the door slammed. Ah! And my hand bent back the wrong way ah! in between the door and the cage. Um, so I was really lucky not to break my wrist. Yeah. Just really badly sprained all the ligaments in my hand. Um, oh. So, I, yeah, I, I injured getting out. <laughs> <laughs> and not during doors. seven rolls. Doors, yeah, 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 yeah. Doors of cars are can be exceptionally dangerous. I was very lucky to drive a 300 SL Goldwing recently. Yeah. But the, they're quite old. This one was quite old. I hadn't driven very much. And the sort of springs on the doors were pretty crap. Um, and I had the door open and I was talking to someone. So my hand was like, I don't know, let's say the door shuts like here. My hand was just chilling like that. And the door just dropped. Right. And I moved my, I moved my hand like just backwards a little bit and it slammed from like full drop to full shut. And you're like, ah, that, it was so close to just being like game over. No fingers, yeah. no nothing. Like, And we were on oh. the side as well. So yeah, so it full was the weight. full weight of, yeah, but. 
It's funny that that's the thing that got you. Yeah, yeah. Just the final nail in the, in the coffin <laughs> at the time. Do people ever have things like fly around the cabin? Like you, that can be quite dangerous. Actually. Radios and stuff. Yeah, because in you know if a roll like that, if if the spare tire what was loose, for example, yeah, that could kill you. Um, yeah. So everything in the car's got to be properly secured. Um, yeah, the 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 worst thing about that crash actually was we were because the door was smashed in, we couldn't get out, and it's right. set on fire. Shit. So we were trying to ram the door open with our heads and all sorts. Um, luckily, we managed to get, to smash the door back open after a couple of minutes, and then I hurt my hand. Then we put the fire out, and it was just it was just all men, mental few minutes. That, that I mean, you didn't mention that it was on fire. Yeah, yeah. The first time. That I mean, that's no, didn't that? that little little nugget <laughs> there. <laughs> Do you, do you get given um extinguishers like a little yeah. window breaking thing and stuff like that? Yeah, we've got I didn't actually think about that at the time, stupidly. Um but we yeah, we've got one of them down the side of up the seat and we've yeah. got two extinguishers. Right. So one that's plugged into the car, um, yeah. which would go in the engine bay around the seats, and one handheld one which you can take out and use. Yeah. So luckily we, we put the fire out. Otherwise it would have, I think in another couple of minutes, it would have taken the whole car and yeah. probably Shit. set fire to the whole forest in a very hot Greek climate. Yeah, that's not what you want. So we, we did well to put it out really. Yeah. Have you come across those things called fire safety sticks? This is a bit of a lame conversation, but they're quite interesting. <laughs> I think I've I've seen a video of them throwing them in barbecues or something. Is that the right, same thing? Yeah, yeah, probably. It's it's like a little tube that you sort of strike the end and a gas comes out. Right. Uh, and you basically just point it at a fire and it puts the fire out. Oh bloody hell! But they like, I guess you guys, you've got regulations of what you can use and what you can't use. But they're like insane at putting out fires, yeah. and they're really good at putting out fires in cars um, because. I presume you, you might find if you try and spray something, it just like you don't actually have that much, that long of spray, and then also it just hits whatever you're spraying it at, or possibly goes through these things. You can like they last for like I think the biggest ones a hundred seconds, and you just point it at the thing, or if it's an engine, you can put it on top of the engine because it's gas. It, it goes down, and then just puts the fire out. They're pretty legit. Um, I have to look into them. They're like seriously good, yeah, um, and they're not heavy, um, but they're, yeah, I think I think they, I think the guys. I, I I did an interview with the the UK distributor, and I think they were involved in, in some rally, right? Yeah, did some did some motorsport rush. Um, when you okay, when you're driving along, and it seems to happen a lot, you get like a puncture or something. How do you keep driving? And how does that affect the the car, the car? So when I won the European Rally Championship on the last stage, I mm. just had to finish the stage to win the championship, and I picked up a puncher in the middle. So it was right. about it was about thirty k's and fifteen k's in. I got the puncher, right front right, and I knew that if I stopped to change it, I would definitely lose the championship. 
because it <laughs> takes me a minute 30 to change a tyre, get back in, get a strap back in. That is quick. Yeah, yeah. That's, <laughs> it's, that is quick. Um, but I knew that was too much time. So yeah. I gambled and drove on front right puncher for the, the last 15Ks. Um, the tyre completely delaminated and came off. So I was just on the rim. Yeah. For the last 10, 10, you know, 10 8, 8, 9 Ks, I was literally just on the rim. Um, luckily, the strong, the, right. the rally rim, so I carried on. And in the end, I lost about a minute. So it was the best decision to carry on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so you've just, you've got to just work that out in the moment. Is it better to stop or carry on? And if you're on a rim, are you doing like 30 miles an hour or something? No, you're still going as fast as you can, but <laughs> you, you just know that your braking distance is, and your corner speed's got to be... You, you sort of work it out as you're going along. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you're like, well, I can turn left or I turn right, but turning left is going to be more interesting. Yeah. So so say if, if there's like 100 metres straight, you've got to break 30 metres before the corner with, yeah. with all four tyres. Yeah. You've got to, <laughs> in the, that moment, I was just working out, I need to break about, about 45 metres before yeah. the corner. So, yeah, it's weird. It's 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 quite a skill, but it, that yeah. actually happens a lot in rallying. Yeah, yeah, and I imagine actually it's it's the nature of this sort of beast of you're constantly adapting to different conditions, different scenarios. So actually, something like that, yes, it messes with the car, but it's literally what you're doing all day, every day is adapting, dealing yeah. with stuff totally agree with that um, the strength of a rally driver where yeah. you know the circuit guys are extremely precise but they pretty much know it's going to be the same every time yeah they need to break in the same place it's it's very routine isn't it whereas rallying is constant it's, it's how fast you can adapt is the fastest and the best driver yeah and that like you were saying earlier about you know working on technique maybe on a sim or something like one break one turn one accelerate that sort of stuff that sounds like a relatively simple thing on a circuit it's not that simple on a circuit but like you can learn a circuit and go i break at this exact point this hard turn in on the gas whatever whereas like in a rally car you can't do that at all because you can't learn it you don't really know where you've got to break so is it is it all feeling of like well I know I need to slow down to roughly this speed for this corner so I'm going to work that out somehow before the corner yeah god it's such a tough question because <laughs> it is it is feeling <laughs> but also it's you know so, so you've got to find your way and so that corner might have been all oh, right I was maybe 1% too fast around there, a little bit you know, scrubbing the tyres a bit too yeah. much, maybe on the edge a bit too much. I'll come back at 1% for the next car. Maybe that one was 1% not fast enough and it's just finding <laughs> that sweet spot. And obviously the pace notes help you. Yeah. 
with that. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it just comes together, but it it's not easy. It's when you see, I just find it amazing. I can't remember what it was. What was it? Pike's Peak and... Ari Vatanen or Loeb or... It was Loeb or someone, but maybe in the Peugeot, I can't remember. Did they take the, that electric Peugeot up there? Um, I'm not sure. I, I don't know whether they did. They, I, they, I feel like you did it something wasn't electric, with Peugeot. but Peugeot and Loeb did something, yeah. Um, and I, I think, and this is like a classic sort of rallying situation story, I guess. I think it was like, yeah, I did a recce at, you know, 30 miles an hour in my truck. And then um, I drove it up once and then I drove it up flat out. And that's the that's as fast as I can go. Can't go any faster than that. And they're like, yeah, that was really fast. <laughs> <laughs> just the second time. Yeah, exactly. Just like, you know, okay, maybe it was a little bit more than that but or whatever. But basically, a large section of road, pretty much one go at it. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, I mean, there was a little bit more here, but probably a little bit less there and... It's going to be about that. Like you're not going to go much faster than that. That is an insane sort of true skill to do, and it is it is rallying. I mean, that is that is what it is. Isn't totally, it? yeah. Like you, when we go and do a, the test before the rally, the one day's practice we have, you know, you're on it when after the the second or third run, the times aren't getting faster. You know, yeah. you're on the same second. That's when you know I've just done <laughs> twenty runs and the you're on the same second every single time from the second go. Yeah. And do you look back, because I don't know, every, well, sort of circuit racers and I'm sure rally drivers, the same thing, you're like, there's no perfect lap, there's no perfect run because it's basically impossible to do, more so in rallying than on the circuit. Um, do you look back every time and go, okay, if I was doing that again, do you go through the footage and go, I would go slightly faster, adapt and, and then... I, I don't know. Do you then adapt the notes? Because you're not, you're never doing it again. It's not like you get another go. Yeah, yeah, we do. Yeah, because the stages are repeated. Um, oh yeah, you get to do them twice, don't you? Yeah. So you have your morning loop and then your afternoon evening loop. Usually, it's the same stages, three or four stages done for the second time. Yeah. Um, there's. It's very rare that you you think, oh, I wasn't quick enough there. Yeah, most of the time it's could have been a, a bit ditch. smoother there. Or, <laughs> okay, yeah. Um, maybe breaking. I could have braked a bit later there, or most of the time it's it's actually it could have been a bit smoother. Yeah. Or okay, been a bit slower on this corner to be faster on the next one. Yeah, yeah. But it's for me, yeah. it's rarely. Oh, I've just been slow through this. you won some awards what were they called was it it's like the colin mccray flat out award was that it yeah so that was when (laughs) the story i told you about when i crashed my twingo yeah i won that that award and that was basically a prize they gave out to like a star performance on each rally yeah so it you know regardless of result it was just for you know He's something <laughs> yeah i love that they should bring that back yeah it sounds quite fun so yeah actually your point about being okay that could have been a bit smoother and a bit or a bit slower in a bit like that yeah i think a lot of people definitely beginner circuit stuff 
everyone's this the chat of like well if you're not crashing you're not trying hard enough and you're like well it's just clearly rubbish um yeah because <laughs> you spend too much money on repairs at that point and, and none testing um and then i've slowly learned that actually you can go a tiny bit faster or a tiny bit slower and you've got some leeway and you're still on the track but it's like a bit more interesting and rallying it's way more visual in that sense i guess if you go a bit fast does it just look more sideways as you're trying to keep it on or it sometimes it's, it's so easy to overdrive which yeah. i think what very similar to what you were saying sometimes it's better to be one percent below and you're able to take everything in and understand what the car's doing rather than slightly overdriving because when you're forcing it you know that you're not turning in properly you you could be yeah. scrubbing the tires slightly you, you've got to be confident but still smooth relaxed subtle subtle yet the, the correct inputs it re- is such a fine line but it, it's really easy to overdrive on in a rally car well, yeah, it's and sideways looks cool. Away. <laughs> yeah. Are there are there some drivers? Presumably, there's some drivers that are more leery than others. And can it be quicker for a bit, but then the, over the course of a rally, it doesn't necessarily stack up? Or actually, if you get it bang on, you're not quite. You don't look that ragged, and you just wrap it everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, this, you can tell who's, if they're on the ragged edge, that you just can't sustain it. Yeah. And you're overheating your tyres, brakes. Um, But then equally, if you're not, if you're not committing enough, you can easily lose, lose the rally in one stage. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Which, when I, so I didn't drive for two years during COVID. Mm. When I got back in the car, it was such a shock to the system. Um, I yeah. had to be really patient with myself to get back up to speed. Yeah. But, you know, I could I could easily do one stage really well on the pace and then suddenly the next stage, I just wasn't on it. Um, luckily, I've, I've got past that and now I'm, every stage I'm... I'm fighting within seconds for the stage win. Was that, how do you sort of prepare yourself? Presumably, you know, you've got to be in the right zone for every stage. Like you completely stuff one stage. It seems like rallying, they're generally pretty close. You know, we're talking seconds over huge distances. Yeah. And if you're way off, that's it, game over. So how do you sort of keep yourself... And has that been an interesting journey of like to perform at that level every single rally over a weekend and then a season? It's just the experience, the confidence, the right prep. It's just, it's come together for me. But Mm. when I was younger, I did have, I had like my favorite stage and I'd just destroy everyone on a single stage. And then my team would say to me, why don't you just do that every stage? (laughs) <laughs> but then there were some stages which I didn't like and I just was a bit average on yeah. them, with, you know, mid-table. And then 
I had my favourite ones where I was always unbelievable. So for me, it's always been in my head a bit. And yeah. now I've just got to do it every single time. Do you have like a little pre-stage routine? Um, as long as I know that I'm alert and sometimes because the road sections are so long, you can feel a bit, you can get a bit tired. And okay, yeah. I usually warm up, do a physical warm up, you know, five, 10 minutes before, yeah. you know, get the muscles all in the blood flowing. And then when I'm in the car, I'll just sort of almost try and take a step back try and relax into my seat and just focus on the first few kilometers, what's coming. Yeah. Um, and I find for me actually taking a step back and being relaxed um, rather than attacking it, yeah. that works so much better for me and just helps me focus. Yeah, yeah, because you're not winning it in the first couple of corners, but <laughs> yeah. you definitely can lose it. When I was younger, I thought I've got to attack you know, mm. but it's so unsustainable with that mindset. You've got to be, yeah, you've got to be like fully relaxed and, and you feel everything more. Right, yeah. You feel what the car's doing. You, you're one step ahead. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and I imagine you need to have like your level of driving and then your sort of conscious ability to do other stuff, you need to have so much space over the top of the driving to deal with all of the things that are going on. And I guess if you get agitated and really like in it, yeah. it's probably quite easy to get behind the car exactly. almost. Like. Exactly. You can get overwhelmed with everything and just start fighting it and you don't feel connected to the car. Yeah. And can you drive those cars, like modern cars, you've got power steering, presumably you're kind of, you're super delicate trying to be anyway, the car. Whereas back then, were people driving like that? Or is it, you know, like, it's just a bit more physical and you kind of have to muscle it around a bit more? I don't know how it'd be possible because they're just so physical. I don't know how it'd be yeah. possible to drive like today. You know, yeah, big yeah. slick tires on grippy tarmac in Corsica. So much, it'd be <laughs> so difficult. But yeah, I'd, it'd be interesting to compare. You know, if there was still any identical stages, but I'd I'd find it hard to believe if they were anywhere near the modern cars. Even no, I mean, even no. modern Rally Three cars. Yeah. Because I think that's, that's uh, as someone who's like not massively being involved in rally or around it, I, you know, hear about all these fire breathing old cars and then you look at the new cars and you're like, well, yeah, but they, they are carrying some pace down these roads. Like it doesn't necessarily look quite as dramatic, but it is fast. Yeah. It's just so <laughs> With all fast. the aero and everything. Exactly. It's, it's, you know, the light Formula One cars, the rally one cars. Formula One cars yeah. for the forests. They're just <laughs> yeah. so fast and so efficient. And going yeah, sideways it. isn't... Properly sideways isn't the way anymore. No, no. It's a shame. Do you think we'll see... 
ever see, you know, some, I'd say sort of sports car manufacturers, like yeah, Porsche or someone come back into rallying. I know we've had a whole bunch of sort of rally-esque cars come out in the last couple of weeks, yeah. whether it's Lamborghini or Porsche, but it would be super cool to see some rear wheel drive stuff again. But it kind of, are there, are there classes for that? Because obviously you couldn't do that in WRC. I think the RGT class would have been awesome. Um, Tuttle's Porsche, I think that had some really good results. Mm. But they recently built that, is it the Singer? Wasn't it a four-wheel yeah. drive uh, monster? It was like a, it literally was like a WRC Porsche. Yeah. And that is the coolest thing ACS. I've ever seen. You know, that, have that you seen have you seen it in person? No, I've not. Oh, it's it's normally at Tuttle. Yeah. So you go and go and go and pop your head in. Um that car is normally there and it is sick. It's so cool. That is the coolest thing ever. I'm I'd be desperate to have it. let Richard Tuttle give us a go in that. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That would be so so sick. Um Well, actually. I normally, normally wrap these up with five questions. You, uh, you ready? I'm ready. Do you have a most memorable driving trip or journey? Oh, and maybe, maybe also tag on most memorable rally stage as well. God, that's so difficult. There's been so many. Um, me and my dad when I was 18, uh, we had a motorhome. We we drove down to. Morzine for Rally Mont Blanc. I mm. towed the rally car down and then I competed there and it was in the summer in 2000 and I was like several years ago and it was just yeah. it was an amazing trip and the rally was just stunning on the most incredible French closed roads with the best Sick. scenery, yeah. Yeah, that actually, i not even thought about that, but like for each rally... That's an awesome road trip to the rally if you're yeah, going to drive there. Yeah. Because they're all in cool places. The whole I've... thing was insane. Yeah. Yeah, that is, that is super, super cool. If you could only drive one car for the rest of your life, sports car, what would it be? Not a rally car. I guess that could possibly be road legal. <laughs> it's driven on the road. It's got to be the... The Yaris WRC, hasn't it? That's just won Ooh. the world championship. Yeah. Are they, I don't um, care how how noisy I'd be. <laughs> <laughs> how are the um in the top class at the moment? So yeah, we've got the Puma, the what is it, the Yaris, Hyundai, what's the other one? Yeah. Hyundai. Um are they all pretty even in terms of pace? I know the Toyotas have been doing better, but yeah, they're very even. I think the Yaris is... I think they've just... The drivers are slightly in form more than the other mm. guys. Um, but yeah, very, very close, the cars. You know, Loeb won Monte Carlo in the in the Fiesta, so you can't say the Fiesta's not got yeah. the pace. <laughs> yeah. Just if you're one of the other drivers... <laughs> comes in and it's like oh fuck yeah yeah <laughs> yep that's how you drive it fast lads no changes <laughs> but, uh, I, no comment I might get I might get in trouble <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> it's super cool that super cool seeing that um what do you think is the most undervalued car at the moment what should be worth more i actually thought that i, I drove a Taycan turbo s mm. and that was unbelievable and I, I didn't think yeah. that was too pricey for what it is really they are pretty mental like as an experienced thing to drive yeah. um i did a back-to-back -back with the panamera turbo se hybrid right that's a long name. Um, and the, the Taycan Turbo S. And I got out of the Taycan and was like, well, that's just a better car. Mm. Like, ignore the powertrain, whatever. Like, it's just a better car. The Panamera Hybrid is so heavy and kind of, it's got all this weight up high with all the hybrid stuff. And then you get in the Taycan and you're like, well, as a pure experience for what it is, yeah. it's, it is really good. I'd probably go um, with that. Yeah. No. Okay. Cool. Uh, most interesting car to you at the moment? What are you googling, looking up? Um, I've been doing um, a bit of research about. It's not too exciting, but the Carrera Cup Porsche. Because mm. I'm, I'm actually going to try and do a few rounds next year. Oh, nice. Um, so I've been doing a bit of. Yeah, a bit of research, looking at the onboards and stuff like that for yeah. Carrera Cup. Do you do a lot of do you do a lot of track driving? No, but I had the chance to test one recently, That's it. and it went really well. And my my pace was really strong from from the off. Um, yeah, and I've been talking to a team who are really interested to get me in for a couple of rounds. Yeah, so it'd be amazing nice. to, to get try and get that sorted that would be so cool and and yeah for them for everyone involved it must be quite interesting because they're like well we know this guy's quick in a car yeah on a rally stage but this circuit malarkey is like it's different sport, i'm sure there's yeah. some things that he can learn but if hey it's Paige desorbo from giggly squad high quality fashion without the price tag say hello to quince I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
you're, you know, your pace is good to start with. You're like, ah, oh, hang on. Not even started having to go at this yet. Exactly. Um, what's it like to drive? I've not driven the, the um, one of the cup cars. I think that I hear they're quite fun. Very fun. Yeah. A, a lot easier to drive than I expected. Just okay. you know, as long, as long as you're driving with proper technique, like just yeah. like with the rallying, then it worked really well. And yeah, it was, I'm sure on a grid with 20 or 30 other cars, it'd be amazing. Yeah. Yeah, 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 and it's it's a super competitive series. That definitely like they're always like split by not not very much. Yeah, so I'm not um, doing any. There's, I'm probably not going to be doing any rallies in the UK next year. So I'm right. trying to find and you know something to do here for my my yeah. sponsors and partners. Um, and I think that's that would be a great opportunity. Yeah, yeah, that would be cool. That will be cool. Yeah, you have oh, to come oh, up. Enjoy that. Um, well, let me know when you're you're racing. Yeah, and I'll uh, we'll see. We'll see. Um, five car garage, unlimited value. So I've already chosen my Yaris, haven't I? Uh, yeah, your Yaris WRC Carrera GT. Ooh. You can sound a bit of a Porsche man, can't you? Um, well, I asked someone this in the episode that went up this week, and it they did five Porsches. So. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> wasn't Rich they are Tuttle, a, a garage it? that sells Porsches, but they're not a Porsche dealership. Yeah, um, I, that that is it. The single Porsche we discussed as well. Yeah, so the ACS. Yeah, so yeah. the Yaris, the the ACS, the Carrera GT. Um, you, those new Land Rovers. I've seen them with the kit on. Is it over Finch or something? What on a what on a defender? Yeah, they they look pretty mega. I'd probably yeah, have cool. one of them for yeah the dog sort of daily ish. Yeah, dog car. Getting the towing the the other cars. Yeah, um, one more. Are those um, are those smart Brabus smart cars any good? I've not driven one. They're pretty hilarious, but I've not I've not driven something one. something like that, like a something really tiny. small city yeah. car. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've okay, covered that, all angles good, there. Yeah, you've got your fire-breathing monsters yeah. that you can dictate rallying or even drive down the road because they're road legal. Um, cool. Yeah, that's a good, uh, that's a good bunch. It's a good random well, bunch. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is, there's more rally cars in there than when we've had before. Yeah. Not that surprising, but but yeah, okay. Well, thanks very much for coming on the podcast. Thanks so much, Sam. Really enjoyed it. Yeah, it's been, it's been great. Great to meet and you um, and hopefully see you at a, an event next season. Yeah, absolutely. If I'm at something, do you go to Goodwood and things like yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm want to try and bring my rally car over for Goodwood. Nice. That'll be, that'll be epic. So it's definitely in the pipeline. Cool. I say, I, it's the one, it's actually the one thing I've never managed. I've been to Festival Speed like a, a lot of times, but I'm always there for one day and I'm always normally covering something sports car or whatever um and i've never made it up to the rally stage like ever yeah um well, we'll and it looks like that's where in. it's at yeah yeah a hundred percent hundred percent that'll be way more fun than going up in some road car <laughs> um <laughs> okay cool well thanks very much thanks sam see you soon